0: LifeWay Lifeway. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.
1: This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders. I am your guest host, Chandler Vinoye. So Ron, thanks for having me on today. <laughs> yeah, and and
1: there's an explanation behind a guest host. Uh, you know, normally my son Nate helps with this, and I love doing it with him. Uh, Chandler, you're a friend, and I and I love doing it with you. You're part of Lifeway, and uh, it, uh, real helpful to me in in getting this with Lifeway. Uh, and you were sending all those threatening emails mm-hmm. uh, because we hadn't done one in a while. And there is a story behind that. I, I apologize. There's been a delay in getting a new episode out. My my son Nate has just been covered up with his current leadership position uh, as a pastor, and uh, we hope to get him back real soon. Yep. But thanks for jumping in and, and doing. it. If you could just call me Pops every now and then, that'll <laughs> that'll make me feel a little more comfortable. Like uh, like Nate is still in the picture, so we'll get Nate back soon
0: for sure. Well, until he returns, I am pinch hitting Thank and you. happy to be here. Nate, we miss you. They'll settle. They'll settle for second best yeah. today. <laughs> well, today we are going to be talking about seven warnings to pastors who want to grow as leaders so so Ron I know how you think something triggered this one so what is the story behind this topic
1: well you know I hear from a lot of pastors who want to grow as leaders they want to be better uh, but they they feel the pressure to to lead the church. And I think that's even more true coming out of COVID and and the pandemic. Uh, it's just been a difficult season to lead in. They're great people. They're humble. They're they're passionate about uh, Christ and the church. But they usually know a few things. One, uh, there are expectations of people in the church. People are looking to them for leadership. Like you better have some answers. Uh, they also know that their decisions to have to be made in the church that are not clearly defined in Scripture. I mean, if it's a scriptural thing, then I know what I'm supposed to lead mm. if it's biblical. But so many things we do in leadership are not clearly defined there. Should we remodel our building or, or not? That's not clearly defined, and yet you have to lead your way through that. And then, you know, finally, they know that seminary didn't train them for the decisions they're having to make. Um. Uh, All uh, all contexts are unique, but they're there are often principles, I think, that can help if you if you know them. And so that's uh, that's kind of where I started framing some of these thoughts about some some warnings I've observed firsthand in leadership that if if you will understand these, it will at least help you continue to grow as a leader and lead better.
0: OK, so let's go ahead and hop in. Seven warnings for pastors who want to lead. What is number one? The first one is this. What you settle for
1: eventually becomes the culture. What you settle for eventually becomes the culture. And, and what I mean by that, uh, once culture sets in, it's very difficult to change. And so if you allow something uh, to continue for a long time, for a period of time, it will become the culture and you'll have a very difficult time changing it. And some of it may be the culture you're inheriting that you know is hard to change. It, it, for example, uh, let's say there is um, every time a change is brought up, there's a certain group of people that try to derail that. They stir up controversy. they you know, they're, they're talking behind people's back. They're trying to get their own agenda done. If you allow that to continue without challenging that, without head on saying, hey, this is wrong, it will become a part of your culture. And then everything you try to change, there'll be a, groups across the church that'll do that because that's what the culture does. And so you've got to challenge that or it, it will stick.
0: Hmm. So there, there's probably a pastor, church leader listening who that scenario sounds too familiar to them.
1: It, it hurts. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it hurts. And I and I get that. I really mm-hmm. do. But uh, but just know if you don't address that. And I realize that's hard. Yeah. I'm not pretending it's easy. And we do a lot of other podcasts on addressing change and that sort of thing. And But if you continue to settle for that, it's going to continue to be a part of your culture or it's going to become the culture.
0: Hmm. So that's number one. What's number two?
1: Mediocrity isn't created. Uh, It's accepted. Um, I've learned this one the hard way. People will be average if you allow them to be average. If you don't challenge people to do something better than they've done it before, they'll just keep doing it the same level of excellence. You you know, one one of the frustrating things to me is to hear. Uh, every staff meeting you come out, how was Sunday? It was awesome. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's awesome every Sunday, then that, you know, I don't, (laughs) I I don't know. The the standard there is, is it can't be awesome every week. You know, how do you get to awesome? You know, and, and I would rather say we're awesome. Uh, we had five Sundays in the, you know, uh, last year that were just incredibly awesome. We had some great Sundays, you know, and I, I realize that's terminology and it's probably not even fair, but, um, People will hit the level you set for them. And if you are satisfied with mediocrity, you'll get mediocrity. That's just the bottom line. You got to challenge people to do better.
0: So when you're when you're talking about, you know, in that example, Sunday was awesome. How do you kind of – you're talking about culture and not almost beat people down and saying, right, hey, right. it wasn't that great. Right. But you also set the standard of excellence yeah. while also – celebrating what did happen. Yes. There's a gap there. Yeah. How do you call people to the to raise the bar? Yeah. And say, "Hey guys, we can do better here, but also keep that celebration in there." Right. And and I, you know, I wouldn't correct people and say,
1: "Let's don't Let's don't call it awesome. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily try to change that. That in in the moment, I wouldn't necessarily try to challenge that word or or that phrase. What I would do is add new questions to the to the equation. So let's don't just celebrate what happened. Let's do that. So uh, we do that at our staff meetings every Monday morning. What what were, where were the wins? But ask the question: Where could we have done better? Mm. Where could we have improved? Um, What could we do next time to make that even better? And just great leaders ask great questions. We say that all the time. Um, Ask better questions to get people to think beyond where they are today. What about number three? Your actions determine other people's reactions. Your actions will determine other people's reactions. And again, these are warnings to help you continue to flourish as a leader. But during especially stressful times, like such as the pandemic has put us all in or any time really in in ministry leadership, um, your response during that time will determine how other people respond. So if the leader is confident and calm and assuring, the people that are trying to follow will be more likely to be that way. If the leader panics, the people will likely be that way. Um, the same is true with uh, celebration. You know, if if uh, you're, the way you celebrate will determine how other people celebrate. So your actions as a leader often determine how other people react.
0: So, you know, hear and say that there is moments where <laughs> it's hard to guard how you feel about something. Yeah. Would you say that there's there's certain actions that are you should only have with a certain group of people? So, let's say there's a senior leadership team and then you're leading those underneath you. Yeah. You know, kind of behind closed doors, you can have those actions, but hey, on the... When we're kind of with the whole team, we need to kind of put a game face on. That's exactly right. How do you manage? How do you manage that? It,
1: it, it takes practice. It really does. And you know, I would put it in the in the context of of parenting. Um, you know, as a as a as a dad, I knew there were times like if there's a storm coming. We had uh, our oldest son was a was somewhat afraid of storms when he was little. He wasn't somewhat. He was a lot. I think he'd be okay with me saying that Um, his daughter's kind of going through that now, you know, and we're reminding him how that was. And, you know, if I was panicking in that moment, he would have panicked. Right. Mm. And so I had to remain calm to get him through that storm. it, It begins with the understanding of, okay, what is my role as a leader? you know leaders set the culture leaders set the tone leaders set the the pace leaders there's a lot of things leaders do to to set where an organization goes and so it begins with the awareness okay the, of just self-awareness of of what vibes am i putting off and what difference is that going to make and then discipline myself to hold my tongue you mm-hmm. know or to hold my emotion and um and, now that doesn't mean you always do that i mean you know um I use the illustration all the time about Jesus going into the temple. He was pretty, he was pretty upset mm-hmm. then, and it was visible. Uh, but I like to remind people he took time to make a whip according to John chapter two, right? So he processed his response before he gave his response. Um, but I think it starts with an awareness of the of just knowing the posture of leadership that your words matter, that your actions matter, that people are watching you and, and then, um, you know, discipline yourself. I always, I used to tell some, um, leaders on our team, uh, I, I, in fact, I wrote a blog post one time that said, leader strategically keep thy mouth shut, you know, (laughs) because you, you, there's a time and there's a place for the, to express that rash emotions and hopefully you have a few people that you can do that yeah. with, you know, and they know you well enough. They trust you. Um, what is it? The um, um uh, leadership you know that it starts with trust and then you oh, move yeah. on to conflict yep. and and uh so that it begins with that trust the problem is when you're leading a church especially if it's a larger church or any size 100 people plus they don't all know you well enough to trust you at that yep. level so that when they see you go off that okay
0: it's going to be okay That's just, he's just responding <laughs> in the moment yeah so. i think of uh I can't remember who said it, but just the term of everything speaks, and there's a lot of that about culture, Yeah, but it's also, as you as a leader, everything speaks. Not only what you say, but what you don't say, what you just said. So, this problem gets brought up, and I see you, Ron, not say something in that moment when I know that you're probably feeling different, Yeah, I can see that, okay, that's speaking volumes. So, just always know that everything speaks. Right. Very helpful. And your facial expressions, you know, all those sort of things. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that was number three. What about number four? Don't
1: assume people agree because they haven't said anything. Man, that's a big, big, big one for me Um, uh, that I have had to learn the the really hard way. Um, You know, if if, if I'm not hearing anything, uh, I like to walk around and ask questions or do a quick survey or something uh, as I'm leading a team because I've just learned just because they're not – Saying something doesn't mean they're okay with everything. Some people, honestly, when you're leading people, they have to be given permission to have a voice. Um, And, and, you know, I try to create a culture where the the person, you know, if I'm the senior leader and there's someone four or five levels down, they still feel comfortable coming into my office and saying there's a problem. That is a culture I want to create. But you can create the best culture of that. But if you don't give them an avenue to make that happen, you're not likely to
0: hear where the real problems are. Mm. So being able to have people, maybe maybe like you said, if they don't say anything, you just assume they agree. There's also some meetings or just decisions that it's kind of a, a soft agree where, yes. yeah, that, that could be right. the right direction. Yeah. How do you kind of press past that and get to the Because- like you said, you want everybody to have a voice and there could be somebody who is actually doing that role. And they're like, well, I'm on the ground seeing this. You're, you're actually making decisions without knowing the full picture. Right. How do you make sure, and you mentioned the avenues for them to be able to bring Mm -hmm. this, but how do you make sure that that soft yes, or even just you you feel a hint of, I don't know if they fully are bought into this. Mm -hmm. How do you make sure that you figure out what those reservations are so that you can make the best decision possible? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that is,
1: is, um, Uh, Let's say they're four or five levels down. Part of that starts on the front end of letting them be a part of the equation, building it in the first place so that so that they had an opportunity to weigh in on the front end, that it wasn't just a decision handed down. I uh, almost as especially as a senior leader, I almost never hand out decisions Mm. ever So other people get to help create those. And then I try to create a culture where those who are direct reports to me are doing the same with their team and so on and so on. So I think it really starts before that. So you're not just handing out decisions and then somebody has to determine whether they agree with it or not. But I also think that goes back to that culture of 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 awareness and and asking good questions to get to not just okay do you agree with this but why do you agree with this and then giving people the opportunity to say how could we make it better Mm -hmm. you know how could we do this differently what's next number five you'll never get you'll never get anywhere just thinking about it that's such a hard word as a leader um every good idea isn't uh even something the team should do. But if it is, there needs to be a plan to do it and there needs to know who's in charge of it, you need to have a timeline and and then you need to evaluate, you know, along the way it it's it's the hard work of leadership. Um, you know, I think uh, and where this one is really important for pastors, I think, is that a lot of times we just assume, I mean, we have a biblical mandate to to advance the gospel. And do, why wouldn't everybody just be on board with that? Right. But you've got to have a plan to help people even learn to do that, know to do that. That's called discipleship. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it, it's our mission is so intense. It, um, you know we live it so close to our heart we just assume it's going to happen because i mean it's great why wouldn't we want to do it but you need a plan to get there
0: mm-hmm. yeah ideas are great but execution is where the hard work actually that's, that's comes ex- in exactly right so let's say you know we have this idea and, and you even said you know there's multiple great ideas so then right. first you got to choose which one of these right. are we going to go after right and, and even thinking about it but then also i think you could Put this into the same concept of talking about it, yeah. even in a meeting or even from stage. Yes, where hey, we want you to do this. So I mean, oftentimes you hear from churches, we want you to be in a group, we want you to get connected, but then there's not a really a plan they for somebody you to yeah. you know raise my hand, fill out the card, That's but there's right. not a plan after it. Right. So if there's a gap there, somebody listening, just real quickly, how do you move even from talking about it? to making it happen?
1: Well, start, think simple. Don't think hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't think too complex. But, uh, you know, what, if we were to take, again, I love questions. So if I would ask the question and that's, uh, if you, let's say you are a small group, you're talking about small groups and getting people into groups. We want that to happen more. How do we get there? Well, ask yourself, um, a question such as this, what are three steps we could take this Sunday to better help people get into a group just mm-hmm. start with a question like that and begin to list if you can brainstorm list three things down pick three of them okay well we can announce it from stage we can put it in the bulletin we can hand people a card when they walk in we you know there are lots of ideas but just start throwing some of them out then who's responsible for that and then you know who's going to do it and put a time on it and do it so just really start putting teeth to the idea
0: yeah that's helpful all right,
1: number 6, what is it? If you're the leader, they are likely waiting on you to lead or release the right for them to lead. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds so elementary and yet sometimes so many times we don't realize okay, why are they not why are, why don't we have more people in groups? We just mentioned <laughs> yeah. that. Well, somebody's waiting for leadership. They're not going to take the initiative on their own. People want to be led. Now they may Be willing to lead, but you'll need to give them permission to do that. Mm. Uh, uh, Perfect uh, example. Um, Recently, I had somebody reach out to me that said, we don't don't do enough for adoption and foster care here in the church. Okay, well, that's a problem. And I agree with that because I think that's as close to the gospel as as you can get, you know, Mm -hmm. is adoption and foster care. Uh, The idea of the gospel and redemption and that sort of thing. And and so I, I, I love that. OK, so what if I just left it there? Right. But I said, here's here's what we need need to do. If you're pat, it won't work if we don't have passionate people around it. So spend some time and find some people just as passionate as you. And when you find some of them, let's put them in a group and let's let's have a conversation with them. So this person's passionate enough. So they're 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 starting to do that. And they're ask They're asking people. He just needed permission to go do that. Yeah. So he's working on it. In fact, just this morning, as we're recording this, I saw they were meeting, uh, uh, in in our church building, and having conversations about it to to move it forward. But they just needed to be given permission, release, to go lead.
0: So, here, man, I love I love to hear the passion behind that. And. It- I also think of the opposite where somebody comes with a problem oh. and they totally expect you to be the one to yeah. lead and then yeah. you do release the responsibility and then it kind of fizzles out. Right, right. So, you kind of see that there's not passion sure. there. Sure, um, But let's say there's somebody on your staff who maybe they bring up a problem mm. and you want to, you try to release the the freedom for them to mm-hmm. lead, but they don't take the initiative. Yeah. Is that something that you can help them grow in or is that something that the, if the passion's not there- They just may not have the initiative. Well, it, it it depends.
1: It depends on the person. Um, leadership is certainly coachable, um, and, and and execution and all those things is certainly a coachable skill. You can't coach passion though. Mm -hmm. And, and so you, you can't, um, you can't put something in somebody's heart. That's not there. You know, that has to be a Holy spirit or, you know, a wiring or whatever. So, um, And 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 if there's not a so I don't believe leadership happens best by um, authoritarian leadership works. I think it, there's a day when it used to. Hey, I'm paying you for this. Go do it. I don't think that works anymore. People just won't do that as well. They'll they may do it for a while, but they won't do it. So you can inspire them with vision. You can um, you know cast vision to them, get them get them excited. There is something internal that has that ha- they have to own eventually and run with it. And part of the reason, like even in this adoption illustration, that I wanted this gentleman to go out. And find some people, is that demonstrated to me, okay, he's serious enough yeah. about it that he's going to run a little bit with it. So, uh, and this was a volunteer, um, but in a staff situation when you're paying them, <laughs> if you have to do that way too many times, you know, uh, where you, I mean, you have to be the one to to, to uh, draw it out of them or get them moving along. And you tried to coach them and that sort of thing, It's probably going to have to be some harder conversations honestly. Yeah. All right, bring us on with number seven. What the team values becomes apparent by your actions more than your words. What the team values becomes apparent more by your actions than your words. And, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter how well-spoken you might be. You know, pastors tend to be communicators normally. Uh, People follow what the leader does every single time. And, you know, we kind of started with that idea, you know, the the uh the way you respond you know the facial gestures all those sort of things it it's that's just the way it is if if uh if a leader is uh let let's give let me give you an example let's say a leader uh the meeting starts at ten the leader always gets there at ten fifteen
0: mm.
1: you know um the the leader may say hey i want to start on time but if the leader gets there at ten fifteen every time yep that's the culture. I mean, that becomes that. That's what everybody else is going to do, right? right? I'm not going to. I'm not going to rush to get there, and uh, and so just to, those are just some warnings.
0: Yeah. Well, Ron, thanks for letting me join the podcast today oh, and guest co host. And thank you for listening. If you found this helpful, then head on over to iTunes and leave the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast a rating and review. And what that does is it helps us helps it other leaders learn about the podcast and discover it, and then also Let us know what topics you'd like for us to discuss in the future. That could be Ron and Nate, who knows? I could be back on here again, (laughs) so we'll see. So hope you join us next time. No matter how many people you have on staff at your church, there's only so much you can accomplish in a day, right? Your church exists to serve your community. So the mission of your church and its staff is to reach as many people as you can. That's why productivity is essential for churches as most of your church's success lies in its ability to lean into and leverage resources for optimum performance and thankfully our friends at belay know this well belay is an innovative staffing solution with over 10 years of experience serving churches and they have successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants bookkeepers and social media strategists That's why they're offering our listeners a free download of their resource, Church Leaders, Essential Strategies to Unleash Productivity. Let Belay help your church live its mission in your community by helping you juggle less and accomplish more. Just go to Belay, that's B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com slash lifeway for your free download.